the Red Dirt Road podcast. We got, for the first time, we got these these guys on the same podcast here. We got me, Matt Chase, and also on here, not quite as much as Matt, but on here a few times, Connor Dunwoody. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Glad to be here. Glad to have you, Connor. I got Connor in here. He lived in Kentucky for a while, and of course, Matt is big time country music guy and so going to be talking about Loretta Lynn unfortunately passed away but she did live to be 90 years old and so going to be talking about her and her song Coal Miner's Daughter. I'm also this is my first podcast I'm doing from the new house. So oh, you check it out. Look at that. Some nice digs you got there behind you. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> we're not even 100% moved in but pretty much moved in here so it was so hot this is gonna be my office and the door was closed so it's like extremely hot in here so if you hear some noise like uh you know there could be like a car driving by i just got the window open but yeah i mean loretta lynn i i wrote down some stuff and you guys can kind of jump in here a little bit but um didn't even really have a whole lot of time to go through every single little part of her life because it was just like I was saying before here, it's like Johnny Cash. I mean, I think it's, she had, it said like 50 studio albums and some of those are probably greatest hits and live things, but there was so much music and hopefully it just like keeps coming out. Cause I think Johnny Cash, there's like all of this music that's still even coming up now and he's been passed away for 20 years. And uh, you know, so let me get a little bit into this here. Uh, Butcher Holler of Connor. Well, talk, tell us about Butcher Holler, because I, you know, it's in Kentucky to where she's from, and I know nothing really about that. Yeah, I've actually been to Butcher Holler um, a couple times. Um, I know some of the people that live in that area, and you, you kind of, it's very interesting when you see like all that Loretta was able to do with her life and what a lot of her family members were able to do, because Butcher Holler is in rural rural i mean you go to van Leer, kentucky and then you go up butcher holler in good old uh johnson county and um yeah johnson county i need to double check that i said that right um but you go out to this remote holler and all the way almost at the head is her birthplace is is where she was born in butcher holler and like the cabin there and her brother herman uh recently who passed away a little before she did uh, tended to that property and really kept that place lively. So I would recommend anyone go check it out, but it really sets the tone for kind of how she sculpted a lot of her music. She had that experience. And this is this, uh, this is Southwest Kentucky. Southeast. Um, technically I guess Johnson County is Northeast, but the Eastern part of Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So right, right near, uh, where you were from or where you were living hazard. Yeah, about it about an hour 20 drive from Hazard to get you okay. go up north on the country music highway uh 23 and I mean you it's such an area of rich artists too. I mean you had folks like Tyler Childers come out of there. You had folks like um Chris Stapleton, Dwight Yoakam, um Keith Whitley. Yeah, Keith Whitley. Um lots of artists come from that region so it's it's you know, Loretta really set the precedent for music, I guess, in that area. So she was the second oldest 
says seven children and she also had a lot of children of her of her own eventually and there's um three of her her youngest three siblings still alive her father died at the age of 52 from a stroke and he had a disease um that coal miners a lot of times get kind of ties in the song the black lung disease black lung and you know it was probably a, a big reason that she was writing the song she is also a distant relative, it says, of Patty Loveless, country music singer. Love Patty. She, I knew she was married pretty young. She was at the age of 15, got married, 1948, and actually was married to that guy for over 50 years until he passed away in the 90s. So, I mean, how crazy is that? 15 years old and then, you know. Get married. And. Yeah, that is. I guess it was just the culture back then, especially in those small communities. Um, and then to be married for so long after that. I mean, Larry King, he had about 15 wives. He couldn't even. <laughs> she only had one of them. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. So she moved to uh, the state of Washington, which I didn't really know. You don't really associate that with country music. But that's really where, you know, we talk about Kentucky. She really didn't have anything to do with country music a whole lot until she moved there. She moved there while she was pregnant and uh, uh, won a talent contest hosted by Buck Owens. How cool was that? Love Buck Owens. And uh, she pretty much led to her record deal and wasn't really uh, a whole lot of a starving artist. It seems like once she you know won this talent contest, was pretty successful right away. Released a single, I'm a Honky Tonk Girl, in 1960. And it peaked at 14 country. So that's really good for your first one. And pretty much quickly became really popular among the up and coming female country artists. And in 1963, her first album was released. Loretta Lynn Sings. I just listened to it the other day. Pretty good. Peaked at number two country. And in 1966, she had her first number ones. The song Don't Come Home a Drinkin' with Lovin' on Your Mind. And her album, uh, You Ain't Woman Enough. That's probably, there's a little tie into the way, in Matt, that you kind of sing your uh, Come to Ohio song, where she says, don't come home a-drinking. You do that a lot in your song. You're like, uh, you do that A, the uh, in front of your I words a lot. That. You might have gotten that from from her. It's funny, it's funny you said this, because this is weird. This is like synchronicity here. Uh, I was just going through that. And I was just seeing, you know, I was just talking to myself in my head. I said, self, you're, you know, you do do this thing where, you know, you, you throw, you're right, like an A in front of some of my words. And I do not mean to do that. But when I listen back to the song, I hear it. And sometimes I think, you know, what am I doing there? Sometimes it sounds good. Sometimes I don't know. I, I wonder why I did it. But you're right. I think it is from this style of, of country music that's just always in my head i think maybe i just carried that on to what i do and you're right they do kind of do that a lot don't they back in the 60s you're right <laughs> yeah it was, it, you know so many years ago they you know people just over the years just tend to talk you know just a little bit differently right. um <clears> the <throat> 1970 this is when this song came out coal miner's daughter released actually this month october 1970 and, you know, from there, I didn't really write down a whole lot of her stuff, just kind of a little bit from each decade. 
1970s is kind of I think when she started having these albums with uh, Conway Twitty, which I thought was so cool. They'd have whole albums where both of them would sing together. And you never really see that a whole lot anymore. You see a whole lot of songs all the time with the uh, artists collabing, but never like albums. There's actually, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Drake and Future a few years ago, they had that album where they did together. And I was like, little little Conway Twitty, maybe was uh, thinking about right there. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm I'm sure that's where they got the inspiration was uh, Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty. No, but I I, I agree. I, I think it definitely was interesting to see I, they, because I think they probably paired so well together. And I bet a lot of artists now, it's like you know everyone's kind of their own, doing their own independent thing. But like they probably just you know their music was good. They probably got along well, and just they really like both at the time you know were the icons so you know why not ride that train together i guess if that makes sense you know we do see that i love the pairing the male and the female there is that uh from uh here and there the male and female country artists not all not always where they have the whole albums but like you know brooks and dunn talk about a lot on here they're kind of their pairing was reba mcintyre they had quite a few songs with reba and I'd love him to have an album with Reba, you know, have her take half the songs, him take half, and they can kind of just collab. That would be awesome. Um, they actually were so good together. I'm going to share some gossip at the time that they were so good together that the audience and the people, you know, in, in that era that listened to them a lot thought that they were in a relationship. Uh, and to the end of the days, uh, her and her husband both, you know, uh, said, absolutely not. Uh, she never was in a relationship with Conway Twitty. He is our great friend, you know, never happened. But it's just how people really heard them saying so good together that they just thought, wow, uh, you know, are, are they on the side having some sort of relationship? So always said no to the end. And I believe her, I believe, you know, she's telling the truth, but that's how good they were though. You know, together. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and I bet they both found what, and I bet you can relate to this, Matt, a lot is just, you know, when you leave an area for a certain amount of time and I imagine going to Washington, you know, being in Kentucky for just four years, I feel like I carry part of that state with me. It's just, it's just, it was such an experience to be there. So I bet, a you could hear the passion in their music. And I bet Conway was the same way. And I imagine you feel that same way when you leave that place to have that urge to just sing and, and, you know, let it out in a, in a, in a medium like music. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Connor. Uh, that is true. It's like you carry it with you like a badge and uh, you carry its essence and its vibes and the things that you pick up while you're there almost like it's palpable. And so, uh, yeah, very cool that you live there for it. Now, is their accent really, what's the Kentucky accent like? Is it different than <laughs> oh, us up here? <laughs> it, it is. It is definitely, definitely Southern accent. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in there. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it's that Appalachian region because I actually lived in Southern Ohio and, you know, that's part of Appalachia, whereas Northern Ohio, not at all. And so that's where it starts to get real hilly. And, uh, you know, Connor, you can jump in here, but I mean, it's, it's totally different one state away, but I mean, it's, it's very different. Yeah. You wouldn't, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll tell you a quick story. I, I do this a lot. I get on these tangents. 
my and I there's nothing the I think the accent is beautiful the 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 Appalachian rich like history from you could pick up on the dialects from their ancestors that migrated here but long story short I'll never my first week reporting I went out on a story and then I show up at the scene you know Cleveland little south of Cleveland area I I walk up down this holler and I'm like looking for someone to interview and I go uh, excuse me, sir. Do you know anyone who would talk about this? This guy looks at me and goes, you ain't from around here, are you? Like, just like that. And I'll, I'll never forget. I always had to add a little twang to my voice, just a little, just so people would not instantly go, you're who are, where are you from? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that voice. that's also like, I guess, identifying and endearing of that culture is just, uh, I, I love it. I love, I love the accent. It's funny because really up up north you really get more of a Canadian accent, and and you don't realize that until you go other places and you're like, oh wow, yeah, that's 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 what it is. It's a Canadian sort of accent. That's you know what Cleveland is kind of influenced from being so close there. It's but, one of the most popular our accent. Not to digress too much, but it's one of the most popular for people in TV. People try to emulate that new york pennsylvania to ohio kind of stretch even into michigan that accent because it's very unique in how it's enunciated and it's very like friendly so this this coal miner's daughter was so popular that it had this song i mean a a, a movie number one box office hit in the united states i've never seen it you guys seen this movie at all no i've never seen it um, it, I think it had, I did, but I was awfully young. I, I think I did, but I was too young to really get anything out of it. Tommy Lee Jones played her husband. How cool, you know, that guy was probably like, all right, I'll have that guy you know, <laughs> play me. Like that's pretty, that's pretty badass, you know? <laughs> yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. And, uh, and, and Sissy Spackick yeah, played Sissy uh, herself. Yes, basic. basic. She played um, that in that movie uh, by Stephen King, Carrie. She played Carrie in, in the Stephen King movie. Oh, wow. So she was famous around those around that time this movie was done. Yeah. So that Good was act. sort of uh, Loretta Lynn in the 80s was was, uh, you know, it, it didn't seem like her music was the biggest thing. And then the 1990s, you know, a little bit older now, she actually was was established and had this album, Honky Tonk Angels, with Dolly Parton and Tammy Wynette, you know, like some of the biggest acts in country music of all time. And it was very successful, peaked at number six on the country charts. I actually would have thought it was even more popular than that because it's, you know, I mean, people talked about that for a very long time and, and, uh, very popular and that was kind of her big her big uh things in the 90s was um was that in the you know in the 90s you know after that she only had one album it looks like in the 2000s in in the year 2000 album still country and then for a while didn't really release much music and kind of had a resurgence in the 2010s around 2016 and had three albums released. And then her most recent album, Still Woman Enough, released in 2021. I believe Reba's wow. on there. So, yeah, real, real recently, like last year. So, so that's a little bit about. about re- go sounds ahead. like she retired a little bit and then said, ah, I miss it. Gets back at it. Yeah, that, that's like, that's kind of, I think, what happened. I don't know if it's because this internet age, it's, it's maybe a little bit easier to 
record and things like that. But, uh, you know, you got, you know, Brooks and Dunn, you know, they were years off and then started touring again and releasing some music. And so people tend to be doing that now. It's, it's people are in their eighties and they're still releasing music. Willie Nelson, a lot of albums. So what about this song? I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to, uh, to Matt to help us here with this, with this song, Coal Miner's Daughter. What, what do you yeah. think about this song? Well, first and foremost, if you realize this song is played in a lot of movies, like Hollywood movies, like that you would in like, like Raising Arizona with Nicolas Cage, just in the background, it's played a lot in movies in the background of a diner. It's perfect out West Nevada scene where the guy walks into a diner and it's, you know, old school. Well, that's usually the song you'll hear being played. It's just classic, timeless song. Um, every time I hear it, you know, you get that same feeling to it. Amazing guitar. Her vocals come in and it's got that Kentucky accent we were just talking about, a little bit of raspiness in it to kind of show grit and just from her hard living and hard raising. And what a song, what a song that talks about real life. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the song is when she says, sometimes she went to the well and the well had no water. So, you know, but she's still proud to be a coal miner's daughter. It's just really amazing uh, how she paints the picture of that area. Like we just said, Butcher Hollow, as it's called. And, you know, um, Loretta Webb, which what she was born as, uh, is an amazing artist. And, um, you know, as her stage name, Loretta Lynn, just really uh, changed us forever as a female country music artist has kind of just changed the game. So that song, I think, was her, her anthem. And... Uh, we were all blessed to have her here and to be a part of the country music and to have known her and enjoy her music. I'm, I'm better for it. So. That's a very country song. It's a, it's a great, you know, it was, it was written by her about her life. And a lot of these things that we just talked about are in the song, you know, her, her dad was a coal miner and they lived in butcher holler and, you know, they were, they were poor and, and, um, and all these things. And it's very specific. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really just a story is what it is. I mean, there, you do have the, the repeat and stuff, but it, it is, you know, the song is more of just a story, I think, um, about painting a picture of, of that true, you know, what built America, Appalachian grit. I love, and I love what you said, Matt. It's like, her voice epitomizes that too. It's it, it, I think that's what makes the song so well. It's like the lyrics paint the picture, you know, the lines paint the picture, the music paints the picture, but above all else, she herself and how she sings it paints a picture of that. Her, her voice to me, Connor, it, it's almost haunting, right? It almost takes on this haunting, just you can like, you can hear it coming out of a semi truck somewhere, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's this haunting effect on your soul, at least for me. And like I said, I think we're blessed to be able to enjoy her music. Yeah, we're very, up. very lucky. She she defined, defined, uh, you know, not just country, uh, not just the region uh, which she came to set up country music, but really just a country music in general. She was just such a key instrument in it. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah, she this... has a nickname. Uh, did you know she has a nickname, Marshall, the honky-tonk girl or 
queen of country music like connor said it's pretty queen much of country music i yeah. heard that one yeah nailed it yeah exactly connor she was everything she nailed it yeah this i mean this song is like just true and true it's it's country music like you know just kind of being proud of where you're from you know when you start to get into other genres you know it's like different things but it really like being real humble and like talking about like you know being proud of like where you're from that's like what this whole song's about it's like you know, trying to make some of the things sound like cool. It's like, uh, you know, talking about like they didn't have shoes in the summertime and then in the wintertime, they all got a brand new pair. And that kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, I mean, we weren't poor and stuff, but uh, back at the old Lorraine County Fair, you know, we would uh, we would we would have our shoes and like, uh, you know, we wouldn't get any new shoes until after the fair. So that was kind of ours, you know, come Lorraine County Fair, you know, you had to wear your old shoes and the you know they'd be walk you'd be walking around the fair and all that crap there and then afterwards you know for for not for winter but for school that's when you get a brand new pair that's funny <laughs> that's a funny analogy yeah this i mean this um not to dive a little bit deeper you know she's got so many albums but just uh before we go this is my favorite this gotta be my favorite loretta lynn song and i tell you what too i'm i live in east tennessee and so that's kind of like dolly parton Dolly Parton area, but you know what? Loretta Lynn, for a while now, she's been my number one female country act for me personally. And, you know, just I wrote a post the other day and it's like, you know, Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash, like she's up there with the very best ones. And it's just like, I've only scraped the surface personally with listening to all her stuff. She's got so much music and I just love, I love the steel guitar in that song too. And, you know, it, it's funny the way you said, like, it's like kind of haunting her voice, you know, it's like, that's kind of how the production was a little bit on those songs back then. And her voice, it went very well with it. You know, it, it just, it, it, I don't know. It just, even, even the, uh, the album cover, she kind of looks like a ghost. It's, it's like all white. She's in a uh, white dress. And so very haunting. So, uh, yeah, if you ever, I, I will say my, my little plug here. If you ever get the chance, you, you got to go visit Eastern Kentucky. Like that region is so beautiful. And, you know, there's parts of it that are, you know, it's economically depressed from the mines leaving and everything, but it is such a beautiful place. So rich in history. And uh, Butcher Holler is one of those places where you can see that. Ben, I've been to Eastern Kentucky, but I've never been to Butcher Holler. So well, I'll that'll, go be my, that'll be my book. My, uh, my next bucket podcast list to go there. Butcher Holler. Right. Hey, y'all, we're all coming from Butcher Holler here. <laughs> That'd be cool. Also, a little shout out here. Her, she she actually had moved <laughs> to Tennessee, uh, not really anywhere near me. It was sort of uh, a little bit in between Memphis and Nashville. I, I don't know if it's considered middle Tennessee, but she had a ranch there and uh, it actually had some, they have some events like concerts and stuff like that. And so I'm not sure if it's always open to the public, but when it is open, that's definitely a, a bucket list item to go to because it's probably just extremely cool. I think it's just called Loretta Lynn's Ranch, or that's what people kind of talk about it as. That's awesome. So that's going to be it today. We'll see you guys. Before we go, one oh. second before we go, I, I Dean South himself wanted uh, especially to say, uh, as we have lost a fellow team member recently, Angie uh, Reyes, we wanted just to speak out and let everybody know. Uh, an update that um, we feel blessed to have uh, had the time with Angie Reyes, who was uh, well a part of the team with going on with my album and also with Rodeo Clown Cowboys music. 
She was a huge team member and she will be lost and missed. And we are going to uh, keep forging ahead. And uh, we feel like she's with us in spirit and uh, helping us and guiding us as we finish up wrapping up the music stuff. And so we just want to say that um, thank you to all the prayers. Dean wanted me to make sure I got this out. Make Thank you to all the Red Dirt Road podcast fans out there. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for making us feel so uh, warm in your love and embrace. We appreciate all the condolences. Thank you.